This is Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast, bringing you the latest practices in the world of fiber networks and plus architecture. Hello and welcome to this episode of Fiberside Chat with 3GIS. I'm Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the show. Now, we've seen significant growth trends in the global GIS market over the past several decades. The global GIS market in the telecommunication industry is one of the fastest growing GIS markets worldwide, with a forecasted compound annual growth rate of 12% from 2021 to 2025. This growth is due in large part to a huge need for stakeholders to understand the network structure on a near real-time basis for better capacity planning and more and GIS is key to providing regulators with information needed to make building and running infrastructure less expensive. So joining me today to have this conversation to give us some more details around this is Michael Measles. He's the VP of product management at 3GIS. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks Tyler. Great to be here. Absolutely. And we're also joined today by Randall Renee, industry solution specialist for telecommunications at Esri. Randall, welcome to the program. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So, Michael, let's start off with you. What are your thoughts on the concept of using GIS to increase speed to the market? Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Great question. I think it's important to let's kind of first start off by redefining that term uh, and maybe within a different context and change from what kind of a tactical mindset to one that's both maybe strategic and financial in nature. Uh, we've oftentimes used that speed to market in terms of planning and design construction, uh, but I think you can also look at it from uh, you know, the CFO's perspective in terms of what the investor may or may not be looking for. So in, in terms of kind of that concept, a construct, we need to look at defining speed to market in terms of reducing churn, reducing my ultimate costs of the network build out and ultimately providing more opportunity for future investment. Beyond that, you know, while 3GIS has provided the tools to meet this tactical decision making that I mentioned earlier, you know, related to planning, engineering, construction, it's also important to think of it in more, maybe more of in a broader term and how it aligns to the organizational business objectives across each department. Uh, so I'm happy Randall's here. And I wonder if you might be able to speak to maybe how an organization uses GIS in the broadest sense, um, uh, maybe across uh, indicative departments inside of an organization. Sure thing. Yeah, thanks, Michael. When I think about uh, the broadest sense of the term, uh, think of a comprehensive GIS, and it's a foundation for your entire operations, whether it's your marketing and sales teams, right, where they want to know where the saleability of, uh, within, is within their region or the serviceability state of uh, potential locations. Um, you have your operations and your construction and your fulfillment teams leveraging, you know, real-time information for access of apartment complexes or just what the intended design service levels were. You have your planning and design and engineering teams that now have to either um, build that next generation network or help their technicians have those uh, records that they need to be successful in the field. But then we elevate upward and we go to the finance teams, the government affairs teams, and your leadership teams at the, you know, whether it's your senior leaders or your C-suite. They really are looking at those, um, that OSS and BSS integration providing the um, insight and engagement tools such as dashboards giving them KPI reports in real time, the status of an employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction, what churn might look like in the regions, customer experience and earnings. Um, so in a very broad sense, I think in my history, a lot of folks see GIS as, as just a mapping platform. However, it's so much more than that. A telecommunication that takes a GIS and leverages their systems of record, right there, that's their capacity, their plant data, their customer data, all of this and integrated into one view 
that they can then build their operations upon and really empower their workforce, those I think are the most successful businesses. So guys, based on the assumption that, that GIS in an organization is beneficial, what are the positive financial implications of leveraging a comprehensive GIS for service providers? Is it purely a reporting activity or, or is it more than that? Yeah, I think, Tyler, it's, it's actually quite a bit more, as Randall alluded to in, in the previous response. And, you know, as we look at this idea of a comprehensive GIS and what it means to really integrate um, analysis and data sharing and system of record type of information uh, uh, horizontally, let's say across the organization, but as Randall mentioned, vertically up into the C-suite, it's really uh, it's it's really quite critical in terms of understanding the capacity of that network, both both now in the present uh, and in the future. And, and where we see a lot of growth in the broadband marketplace today is is not necessarily only in new build. Uh, although we we do see quite quite a significant amount of, of, of greenfield build with respect to uh, rural planning, uh, rural development, fiber of the home, and even even five G densification, um, a lot of the, the 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 provider's ability to serve customers today is really predicated upon the existing network capacity. Uh, so knowing where that network capacity is critically important. Um, and then beyond that, kind of broadcasting that network capacity across the organization is quite critical in terms of making decisions as to where my future investment may need to lead. Uh, so that may look at, uh, at identifying new customers along along your existing capacity, you may look at can my existing capacity serve an extension, let's say, um, you know, maybe into a new build area. Uh, and then beyond that, even using GIS to understanding uh, your market penetration against those capacity constraints and, and ultimately your competition. Again, if we reframe kind of the, the question in terms of to kind of speed to market at the at the financial level, understanding where my competition is and where it may be heading and the market analysis is required, GIS really lends itself to do that type of analysis to then then feed in um, uh, you know the different decision making processes and to, to meet those business objectives. So uh, I know Randall's had some experience and, and has some relevant context here. So I'm, I'd love to kind of hear how uh, how your experience kind of aligns to that. Yeah, thanks, Michael. You know, you mentioned a couple of things that were near and dear to me as a planning and design manager um, prior to joining Esri, and that's capacity uh, management, that's understanding where your customers are, and then, you know, what's that market penetration and growth. So I think uh, I could give a couple examples that frame that up as how we can use GIS to solve some of these problems. Um, I think back, you know, there's a lot of times fourth quarter, an organization will come out and say, we've got X dollar amount, and we... Where can we build? Where can we spend this capital? Where can we serve customers and meet our, you know, earnings expectations? And, you know, we maintain our forecast and all these things, right? Um, so to prepare for that, GIS was a, a very powerful ally to um, our entire organization. We we're able to look within our footprint, which um, for the majority of organizations, whether telecom or cable, it's a reactive build, right? You're, you're building the customer demand, whether it's a new neighborhood, a uh, enterprise or a small business now ask for service and you, you build past locations. Those locations could be empty parcels or just maybe a passing that didn't ask for service at the time. So leveraging GIS, you could run analysis against your network and your land-based models and buildings models and say, where do we have service? But more importantly, where don't we have service currently? And what's the earnings potential in those locations? And then taking it a step further, how much is it going to cost us to get there? And what are those potential timelines? So you're able to leverage GIS to analyze and model and predict 
um, and then make these mission ready packets for that fourth quarter win when, you know, the, your leaders come down and say, hey, we really need to get this done. Where can we go? Well, matter of fact, I have three key projects that meet this return on investment, et cetera, and meet your criteria. Um, I think another really, really fun thing that we were able to do is when you think about node um, capacity planning, historically, it was simply uh, taking a node from a one by four to a two by four or a four by four and just splitting it and never really moving passings around or taking fiber deeper in, in segmenting. Um, what I like to think of more of a surgical segmentation by integrating capacity metrics um, and calls for service, et cetera, you can see where your maybe your higher consuming locations are. Maybe it's an MDU, maybe it's one customer. Um, and that prepares your organization to be able to have the right conversation with maybe a customer who needs a next tier of service and doesn't impact your capital budget for a node segmentation at $20,000, $40,000 or more. You can you can get that customer right sized and then not spend capital in an area where you maybe you shouldn't, but where you can spend it where you should. Um, and I think the last thing I could share is you talk about um, understanding penetration of customers. For me, my challenge as planning design manager back then was to how fast can we get customers served so that we were first in the door and first connect, and then better yet, how can we maintain them as a customer long term and keep them from churning someplace else created a lot of tools that reduce technical debt associated with cumbersome processes for the field technicians, gathering and referencing information, providing it to planning and design teams to then using those dashboards upward to C-suite um, executives to be able to make that better strategic decision and give us that guidance as to where to go. So, Randall, one of, one of the other questions I have is, is, does the addition of network assets crossing local, state, and international boundaries complicate matters, or does it make it more complex? Can you kind of speak to any of those particular aspects as well? Sure thing. Um, I don't think it makes it more complex. I think mm -hmm. it actually simplifies operations for uh, especially your leaders in an organization. Within regions or within smaller teams, you typically know what's going on, and you're able to fulfill your duties on a daily basis. However, if I'm thinking of myself as a CIO or a CTO or CFO, and I want to say, where holistically is our organization going or where should we go? I need the whole view, right? And better yet, I need a unified, standardized set of operations that all my teams work to so that if I'm making a decision in Region A, it also is a positive decision for Region B and, and so on. So um, GIS aids um, in reducing the technical debt, as I mentioned, to your operations. Um, it gives that real-time, you know, look holistically across all your footprints, whether it's national, if you're a multinational company, if across multiple states, counties, you know, cities, et cetera, you're able to look at impacting factors such as franchise boundaries, um, permitting requirements, challenges associated with these areas. Maybe there's positive uh, impacts as well, such as one state might have millions of dollars available for rural development, well, shoot, being able to put in standardization, it aids in um, unifying processes, simplifying processes. And I think a great example of it is we've seen how many natural disasters we have, right? If you are, are an agency or, you know, if you're a, a telecommunications organization that works across multiple regions, you're as a leader going to be able to say, can I take assets from one region to help stand back up another and the best part is your foundation of operations, all your processes, all the tools you use, all the information you need to set those strategy and tactics are all the same. So, Michael, what have you done to, to overcome some of these uh, perceived challenges that exist in this uh, in, in this realm? Can you kind of speak to that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and while I, I do agree with Randall on that, I think it does create some opportunities to, to add some operational efficiencies for sure. Uh, we, we have seen, I guess, some some real practical, I, I guess, challenges in terms of having assets that cross you know, local, state and international uh, boundaries and, and maybe speak to, to some of my own experience in that. Uh, your reporting specific with, with respect to revenue and taxes has been has been somewhat of a challenge in terms of understanding where assets are. Uh, not necessarily, you know, e- even the physical fiber cable, let's say, uh, that's in the ground, but understanding how each how each individual strand uh, that makes up that fiber cable uh, is impacted in terms of tax and, and, and revenue. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that, that, that we try to do is, is certainly to overcome some of those challenges by having a unified database approach that allows you to broadcast those network assets in terms of the where across those different jurisdictions, whether it's be local, state, or international. And what that has done is it really allowed that understanding in terms of the where. Now, there's some other practical challenges too, what I, I'd say in terms of like localization, especially as we cross international boundaries. So, you know, we, we you know, the kind of the empirical versus metric measurement uh, in, in terms of understanding inches versus uh, inches and feet versus centimeters and meters and miles and kilometers. You know, there, there's some overlap there. And, and by providing that unified approach and then just displaying the information that's localized to the, the particular user that's in that locale is, is, is one way to overcome some of those challenges. And then that in turn feeds back into the kind of the real t- kind of practical um, challenges in terms of reporting. Um, but it's not really just that physical location, as I mentioned earlier. It's understanding that the potential of that value may asset of that asset may vary based on how it overlaps those boundaries. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, we also look at things like modeling that what we call the entire light path, or understanding how each constituent fiber is connected in the network, uh, and then how that light path may may uh, uh, certainly. Uh, progress and intersect with those different boundaries, which might have different reporting levels um, at that logical light path level, not necessarily at the physical strand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, the unified database approach and, and understanding kind of where those assets are located physically, both in terms of the physical infrastructure and the physical cabling, uh, but also understanding kind of the logical network underneath it and how that interacts with jurisdictional boundaries is, is uh, in, in a unified kind of comprehensive GIS and system record is certainly a way to, to, to consider kind of meeting that CFO need in terms of reporting. Michael, I think it's really interesting that that you mentioned that that knowing where your asset is located is not just about the physical location of the cable, but also knowing where the strands are located and more importantly how they're all connected. So, can you expand a little bit more on why that's why that's so important? And, and Randall, if you have something that you'd like to add, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, as I mentioned earlier, service providers are oftentimes taxed on the value of the asset. Uh, and they also have to report against where that asset is and who they're serving. Uh, we see this more and more specifically as as more um, government funding comes into play in terms of these large network uh, rollouts, both here in the United States, but, but globally as well. So th- what this ultimately requires is understanding at that strand level or at that service level, kind of where that light path is going and how are we serving those customers uh, and how we how we may be able to serve those customers in the future, and how much that might cost in terms of ultimately underpinning you know some of those applications for for federal monies that we're seeing uh, today, specifically uh, you know speaking in, in, in kind of both in the RDOF realm here in the United States, and speaking with uh, in, in terms of understanding what assets are available from a you know if I look at the UK in terms of PIA assets that are available from OpenReach or Ofcom as 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 new entrants are coming into the market. Um, 
you know, the valuation of, of where those assets are. And if you speak to the UK perspective anyway, uh, and, and understanding where those assets are uh, for delivery in terms of open reach to other potential alter, alternative uh, network providers, and then the cost of those assets in terms of the ROI that I've already have in them. And then secondarily, the potential value in terms of leasing those assets out is, is, really, is really a question that, the, that this idea of the comprehensive GIS is really answering uh, today uh, in the market and will continue to answer uh, you know, across jurisdictions uh, internationally. Uh, the, the, the problem sets are really very similar, um, but without understanding where your assets are, there's almost no way to report them. Yeah, Michael, that um, I recall many years of looking at individual CAD maps and databases in Excel and trying to piece together, hey, we need a franchise report or we need to show how many how many type of this asset or you know fiber or miles of coax, et cetera. And it was a painstaking effort for you know your design teams or your some of your business analysts to put together. And doing them on demand was really problematic, right? So once we were able to integrate you know, all of our CAD maps or into a better system of record that we could integrate to GIS, we're able to now use, whether it's a web app or some other tool to use those um, county boundaries, those city boundaries, those country boundaries as you know, that delineating factor in what assets do we have in this location? And then through the push of a button, be able to export a report rather quickly, right? So simplified on-demand franchise reporting was something that um, we really saw uh, back in my experiences, something that was a huge thing. Um, for instance, franchise fees within the U.S. and various states, historically, a lot of companies, and there's some that I'm sure still do this, you would uh, estimate the taxes paid on that node based on the 50% rule. 51% of these pa of, of passings in here now will go to County A instead of County B that's no good for um, any county these days. So being able to use GIS and look at a passing by passing rate, right? And get truer numbers of fees and taxations associated with you know, cable, cable operations in those areas, real time and on, on, um, on demand is, is an incredibly powerful thing. Absolutely. You know, and as you know, there's an elevated focus on broadband connectivity globally. And with this elevated focus, it seems to me that in order to achieve the, the connectivity goals, 3GIS as a platform lends itself to not only facilitating the planning and construction of these networks, but couldn't it also facilitate the increased requirements typically tied to the funding of this growth? Yeah, absolutely. In, in my experience, um, telecoms have a variety of systems of record. 3GIS is a normal system of record that allows you to integrate and like I mentioned before, use those inside engagement tools. Um, when applying for, or you've already obtained say state or federal funding, whether it's a grant or a loan, um, I mean, let's face it, nationally, there are billions of dollars available, right? And there's gonna be more growth over um, the United States as well as globally. So when you think about what, what can GIS provide in reporting or helping uh, an organization obtain this funding? Well, um, whether it's, you know, using various living, living atlas layers, you know, available such as demographics or FCC's 477 broadband data, and then maybe integrating with your citizen scientist that's able to produce some broadband results, et cetera. You'll have a layer within or multiple layers within your GIS to um, utilize during that planning analysis or um, export of data for a report that says we want to grow in these areas. So um, this is what's going to take. We're showing you that it's an equitable build. We're not leaving anybody out. This is where your funds are going to be applied to. Um, 
and and with that be able to submit a holistic package right from the start. Then as you are building throughout that, um, once obtaining funds and you're building your network, you're able to pull status reports or create a dashboard to you know, show your community where you're building and why. Um, and it's just transparent. I think transparency is a really powerful thing that a lot of you know, government agencies and, your, and citizens are, are requiring these days. Um, where are you building? Why are you building? Why aren't you building to me? Um, those are powerful questions. So if you're taking a, a system of record, integrating with now your insight and engagement, you can improve your planning and design, your construction, your fulfillment, and then that most important part, that documentation and reporting side so that you make sure all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed and you're keeping people informed. And I think as telecoms are able to do that, more, they're going to be able to obtain more funding and they're going to be able to build to locations faster um, and connect people to what's important in their lives. Yeah, for sure. And I think we, we definitely see that from a reporting perspective um, here, here in the U.S. specifically. And, and I guess uh, maybe just to expand on uh, maybe, maybe a, a broader global perspective in terms of the growth in telecom, I think is, is kind of an interesting concept to, to, to talk through and that we're really seeing, uh, you know, from my perspective anyway, I think we're seeing a renaissance in terms of GIS adoption in the tele- telecommunications market. Uh, and that renaissance is really forcing providers. And a lot of this is built on having to expand broad, broadband connectivity globally. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, that might be for fiber of the home. Uh, it might be for, for legacy uh, network replacement strategy. Uh, and it may be for, for 5G densification as well. So um, if you look at the stages of, uh, of adoption in terms of region, in terms of North America, certainly you know, there's been advanced adoption in terms of using Esri as a platform along with uh, system records such as through GIS. Um, uh, you know, over the last you know s- several decades, uh, but more importantly, we're seeing it inside of uh, Europe and the Middle East. Um, uh, uh, I guess more focus in terms of understanding, you know, what does the GIS platform look like uh, for me today? How do I move away from you know what may be perceived to be legacy technologies within this space, whether that's CAD bases, Randall mentioned earlier, or sports, maybe legacy GIS applications, and a lot of that is really being driven by. Uh, the need to continue to expand um, the footprint of the network. Um, and, you know, I, I would say that renaissance as it, as it continues, um, you know, it's to a certain extent North America, but certainly in Europe and the Middle East as we've seen it, is, is really all about unifying uh, not only the reporting requirements, but trying to also understand the future need uh, in terms of broadband policy and investments, uh, as Randall has alluded to earlier. So um, understanding kind of where that asset is within this, this system of engagement or this comprehensive GIS to facilitate reporting is also leading to that understanding. Uh, and to be quite honest, it's informing policy. Um, you know, with, with specifically to, to maybe sharing those assets or specifically to uh, formulating, you know, fund, funding options, uh, you know, from the government. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see it certainly and, and you know, seeing GIS as a, as, as a platform that, that can really be elevated, um, as Randall mentioned, inside the organization and can be expanded across that organization to really democratize the data that's needed for, uh, for decision making. Uh, and, and ultimately, that's what it uh, in, in my world, that's what it pulls down to is how do we make better data driven decisions, um, but provide the tools that really democratize that information across the organization and doesn't necessarily silo it into, you know, what's historically been kind of this power user base. Uh, so we're mm-hmm. we're uh, definitely excited about that. And we see a lot of opportunity there. 
Well, you guys have provided uh, some incredible information today and, and really given us a, a lot to chew on here with this topic. And, and so one of the things is, is just how much of a strategic impact uh, GIS really has. And so I was wondering if each of you could provide some some closing thoughts, either a conclusion statement or anything we haven't talked about here on the show so far that you want to make sure we mention before we wrap up. Um, Randall, let me toss it to you first. Sure. You know, I've spent over 20 years in, in telecommunications, so I've seen a wide variety of tools and platforms used. Um, and in my career, a lot of paper-based, right? Very cumbersome processes going from one system, hand it to somebody else who now manually enters it into another who hands it to somebody else who extracts it and enters it into something else. I think, you know, as, as Michael mentioned, this evolution, right, that we're going through, GIS has a power to provide telecommunications and cable organizations um, something much leaner, faster, real-time decision-making capabilities, all of these great things. Um, so when I think about everything I've been able to do, um, it, it, it's used across, as I mentioned, all the different organizations from senior leadership, middle management, to the, to the guys and gals out in the field getting it done. I think the one thing I'd like to mention is just, it might sound at times like it'd be a complex thing to put together, right? To create a comprehensive GIS in, Ar in ArcGIS, you know, using three GISs, but it's not as complex as it sounds, um, companies already have the much of the data that you need, such as your call data, call records, and all these things you can integrate and make a truly powerful decision-making platform for all of your organizations. So, um, I encourage you to I encourage folks to do it. Uh, you, you never know how powerful the tool it is until you start getting in it, and once you start working, um, the ideas start flowing. So, um, I really appreciate the time today and, and talking with everybody. Yeah, thanks for that, Randall. And I would say, you know, if, if I were to provide maybe some closing thoughts in terms of uh, kind of my experience, uh, you know, I've, I have not grown up in the telecommunication industry as Randall has. I've been, however, I've I've spent the last plus twenty years in the GIS industry, and and have seen you know the same renaissance that occurred in the utility space, and and see a lot of maturity there in terms of how um, how GIS is being adopted currently. And I just wonder. Um, if really, you know, what we focus on is how do we how do we provide direct insights as to the value of GIS and the system of in inventory and what it brings to the, to the enterprise, both in terms of maintenance and, and expansion of the network, but also in terms of value. Um, you know, I know our customers and what we see in the market, there's a you know, they're constantly striving to ultimately reduce the cost of maintenance while also growing their revenue. And this this can lead to allowing GIS to be you know, a tool to share and democratize that information, as I mentioned earlier, um, but allowing them to ultimately meet their performance goals. And you know, if, if I were to kind of circle back to the initial question, which we talked about speed to market within kind of the strategic sense from a CFO perspective, you know, my hope is that we move away from the idea, as I mentioned earlier, that we are in this renaissance and, and, and that, that those decision makers really have an epiphany and an epiphany as to how GIS might be used to really advance the organizational goals um, uh, and business objectives that they may have. Uh, while at the same time providing a quality of service to the customers that, that and, and what those customers are, are beginning to not only expect, but demand moving forward. So uh, I also appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I thank you so much, uh, Randall, for, for, for doing this with me and, and, and Tyler for, for leading the charge. Absolutely. Well, Michael, Randall, you guys have been uh, absolutely fantastic guests. Thank you so much for joining me here on this episode of, uh, of Fiberside Chat and giving us some details here on GIS. Sure. Thank you. You bet. Thank you.
And everyone, thank you for joining us here for this episode of Fiberside Chat with 3GIS. We appreciate it very much. Of course, stay tuned for more from 3GIS. You can, of course, visit their website as well to learn more. But also, you can go subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership from the folks at 3GIS. And stay tuned. We'll be back with more content just like this very shortly. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. 